Good morning. How we doing? My name is Clay Thomas. I am the worship pastor here at Live Oak. All right, a couple claps. Thanks. Appreciate that. I'm the worship pastor here at Live Oak. Uh, we're digging through this series, Bless, and I'll try and keep my message similar to the uh, Texas Tech offense. You know, three points will be done. Um, so <laughs> I shouldn't have said that because now I'm just flustered. That's frustrating. Uh, we, we've been digging through Bless, this series, and uh, it's been incredible because I just had this misunderstanding of this word, blessed. And as we've been going through this and dissecting it and what God's word says, it has taught me a lot about how much I didn't know what the intention of, of this word. Doug, Doug took, us, took us through uh, Matthew 5, and it says, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted. Mark even took us through Psalm 1, where it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Talking about hearing and doing the word of God. You will be blessed. Um, And we've, uh, we've learned about this term. And so far as we've learned about it, we've kind of been in this direct object position. Like we've been the recipients of blessing. He is the blesser and we have, uh, we're in the state of receiving that blessing. Uh, so that means, okay, as, as I'm merciful uh, and I work to be forgiving uh, to others, then I, that outcome, the result of that would be becoming blessed from that. Or if I look to be, to be meek, to be like Christ, uh, to be humble, well, then I receive the state of blessing. Um, and, and we don't, let me, let me make this straight, uh, clear, we, we, we don't do these things in order to receive the blessings. Uh, we, we actually love Christ, are devoted to Christ, and we seek him and do these things because of our love for him. And our reward we get out of that is this blessing from the blesser. But today, I, I kind of want to flip it around. We just finished singing, bless the Lord, O my soul. So how can we bless the Lord? How can you bless the blesser? Uh, Is this just some kind of Christianese that that we made up? Like it's something we say, bless the Lord, but we don't really know what it means or or what we do with it. Um, John Piper is a a pastor in in Minnesota, and he made this, this statement. When God blesses men, they are thereby helped and strengthen and made better off than they were before. But when men bless God, he is not helped or strengthened or made better off. So what do we do with that? If we are to bless the Lord, when we're blessed, we're strengthened, we're helped, we're made better off. But when we bless the Lord, he is not helped or strengthened or made better off. So it really comes down to where does this even come from? Where did we get this? We say bless you when somebody sneezes. I don't think it's blessed are the uh, merciful, the meek, and those who sneeze. No, it's, it's something that came from somewhere, but we don't know what. The good news is, is that we can actually trace it back to what we call authority, which is Scripture. We can trace it back to the Word of God because we find it in the Word of God. In Psalm 104, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God. Psalm 34, 1, 
I will bless the Lord at all times. Psalm 103, 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And 1 Chronicles 29, 10, therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. So we have some evidence here that this wasn't just made up. It's not just a Christian lingo, but it's found in the word of God. Therefore, it must be true. We are able, we are capable of blessing the Lord. But that still doesn't give us the answer of how. How do we bless the Lord? If he's strengthened, or if we are strengthened and helped and made better off, but yet he's not, how do we bless the Lord? What good does that do? Now, Doug kind of broke down this, uh, this word for bless. Uh, it's called barak. It's this Hebrew word, uh, barak. And that's what we find, I think, 301 times in the Old Testament when we see the word bless. Many times it's barak. Then he talked about makarios, which is this Greek word. Uh, and in Matthew 5, that's where you see makarios over and over and over again. Blessed are the, the merciful, blessed are the meek. But there's actually another word that we're going to be talking about today, and it's really used as a a verb many times in the New Testament. And it's the word uh, eulogeo. It's in Greek, eulogeo. Everybody say it with me, eulogeo. Nice, well done. You all know Greek. Congratulations. Now, this word is, is pretty interesting because it's really going to help us understand what it means to bless the Lord. And in order to do that, just hang tight with me, we have to break this word down a bit. So there's three stems into this word. The root of this word kind of goes off in three stems. It's you, which means to do good or well done. Lagos, which is word. And lego, which is to speak and to tell. So really what this word is telling us is it's to speak or to tell a good word to someone or something. You might even kind of recognize eulogeo as our English word, uh, Eulogy, which is uh, something that is a speech or a writing that praises someone or something highly. It's often frequently used in funerals. This is where we get that word from, eulogeo. So when it comes to bless the Lord, eulogeo, it has nothing to do with helping or strengthening or making better off the Lord. Instead, it's speaking highly and praising the Lord. It's speaking a good word to him. John Piper, that quote he, he made, I want, I want to throw that up there again. It says, when God blesses men, they are thereby helped and strengthened and made better off than they were before. But when men bless God, he is not helped or strengthened or made better off. But then he goes on to say this. Rather, man's blessing God is an expression of praising thankfulness. It is an exclamation of gratitude and admiration. And in conclusion, he says, so to bless God means to recognize his great richness, strength, and gracious bounty, and to express our gratitude and delight in seeing and experiencing it. So what he's saying is, God, you're worthy of all praise. God, you are great, I want to express my gratitude in your greatness. You are gracious to me, so I want to tell you and express how thankful I am of your greatness, of your favor, love, mercy, and compassion that you have shown on me. He is worthy of praise, so we 
praise him. He is worthy of all the gratitude and thankfulness. So we speak these words in gratitude of thankfulness to him. Eulageo, we bless the Lord. And that, that, that verse we threw up earlier, Psalm 104, 1, the, the last part of it, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And it says, O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. And David, in 1 Chronicles 29.10, says, Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And it says, And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. This is something we see in Scripture where it's pointing all towards God. All praise goes to God. Bless the Lord is saying, We want to speak highly of the name of God. Because he is so worthy of praise. And I love that David is doing this publicly in front of all the assembly of Israel. We are here today and it's all because of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And everyone is saying in this assembly forever and ever, amen. Now for many of us, we, we don't bless the Lord often. We may do it at... Uh, at a dinner table around food, and we say a blessing. But a lot of times, we, we don't do it that often. Sometimes we may do it whenever we receive something, or maybe uh, God has done something for us, or when he's provided for us in some way, right? Like uh, answer to prayer. Uh, God, you allowed me to get this job. Thank you. Bless the Lord, God, she said, yes, praise you, Lord, right? You bless the Lord, you receive something, or prayer's been answered, and it's this, uh, it's this response to God of thankfulness. That's good. I'm not being condescending here. When God does something in your life, and he moves, and he's awesome, you want to praise God. That's a great reaction to have. But how often do we praise the Lord? How often do we bless the Lord? when times aren't that good? How often do we bless the Lord during hard times where we may be walking through this valley and uh, maybe God didn't answer that prayer? God, why would you not allow me to get the job? I don't know how we're going to make ends meet now. I don't know what's the next, next step. God, she said no. What do I do now? <laughs> like what? How, how would you, uh, why would you allow things to happen in this world that are evil. I don't understand. We don't, we don't want to bless the Lord in hard times or when we see bad things happen. God, why would you allow 26 people to get killed in a church in South Texas, in Vegas, in Orlando, New York? God, why, why would you allow these things to happen? A lot of times, we don't bless God in those times. Many of us will tend to blame God in those times. So, so he is good in the times that are good, but he's bad in the times that are bad. I think that right there is a, a twisted view of who our God is. Now, if, if, you, if you don't hear anything I'm saying and you checked out the moment we said eulageo, that's fine. Bring it back to this point right here because this is so impactful for us. How you view God determines how you will live 
for God. So if you view God as this, he's good in the times that are good, but he's bad in the times that are bad, and I'm just going to put the blame on him, then you have a tiny little view of who God is. That means you will have little impact on this world, on the purpose of why you were created, what God created you for to do while you're temporarily here. And you will have little faith. But if you see God and view God as good constantly, as a big creator, massive God, who is good at all times, whether times for you are good or bad, whether you see evil or you see amazing things, he is always good. He is constantly the blesser. He is sovereign and over everything. Then you will view God correctly and you will see big faith. You will make big impacts on this world. God will use you and do incredible things with you because you're not living based off logic or based off how you feel when it comes to him. You're living by faith in the Lord that he knows what's going on. He's past, present, and future. I am not. Therefore, I'm going to trust God that even when things don't make sense, that even terrible things happen in this earth, or shootings or whatever, terrorist attacks, whatever it may be, or even simple things in life that just don't work out for you. Not so quick to blame God. Rather, you say, God, I trust you. You know my heart. You know my mind. You know my family. You know what I'm dealing with right now. But I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to eulogio. I'm going to praise you and bless you always, constantly, because you are good. Just saying that, you are good over and over and over again. Sometimes we need to continually repeat that over and over and over again because of the things going on in our world. It's too easy to just shift the blame over to God. But rather, if we have the right view of who our God is, we will have the right kind of life here on this earth that he intended for us. Psalm 34, one. We, we said it before, I will bless the Lord at all times. And then it goes on to say, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Continually, at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I grew up with this family. Uh, we were very close. We went to the same church. Uh, we were in this uh, kind of supper club with other families. And... Uh, Fun family. I have two boys. And it was tragic because one day uh, we found out that the dad of that family, who was so much fun, just a blast, so much fun to be around, loved Jesus. Uh, he started taking some medication and uh, it, it kind of messed with his mind. Um, it was tweaking some things and he ended up taking his life. And I remember. I was young, but I still remember uh, going over to see the family, and uh, the boys were pretty close to my age. And I remember uh, when the boys said, um, they're just asking how he's doing, how how he's feeling, and how we can help. And I remember that he said, uh, he quoted this 90s worship song, song, and uh, he said, um, he gives and takes away my heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. And that right there was so impactful that in a time of just hard time for him, time of even, you could say, he deserved some depression time, 
he was still continually praising God and blessing God. May not fully understood what God was doing here, but he continually blessed the Lord. That stuck with me till this day. That, that, I, I, I heard that and I was like, man, I want that kind of faith. I want to view God like that, that even when my world is falling apart, I'm always going to eulageo. I am always going to praise the Lord and bless God because he's worthy of praise, because he's sovereign, because he knows everything, past, present, future, and I don't. So I'm going to trust in him. There's this other, other side of um, blessing We've talked about God blessing. We've talked about us blessing the Lord. But there's other side to it as well. It's, it's blessing others. How do, you, how do you bless someone else? Um, this concept, what does it even mean for us? Now, there, there are people that are just going to rub you the wrong way, that you just don't get along with. Some of you are probably thinking of those, those people right now and if you're not, I'm going to pray for you because you might be one of those persons, all right? No. But there's just, we're imperfect people. We're, we're human, so we have this nature in us that's just selfish. I mean, it's, it's easy for us to be selfish. Therefore, we're going to rub people the wrong way sometimes. We're going to be selfish at times. We're going to hurt people. Maybe you have been hurt by some words or by some actions from friends, family, coworkers. Maybe, maybe here in this church, I may have done it to you. But I guarantee you probably have hurt somebody else with your words or actions. We're imperfect people. There's something that can change the way we interact with people that when people do hurt us or we're treated unfairly, instead of responding out of resentment or out of anger or maybe giving them a taste of their own medicine, if we increase our affections for Jesus, we will increase our affections for others despite how they treat us. When we increase our affections for the Lord, we will increase our affections for the people he's created. We will bless others with our words. We will speak highly of them. We will confuse them with love because they, when they treat you like that, they aren't expecting some amazing loving response in return. Normally when we're treated like that or we treat others like that, anger is at the root of it. But when you respond with love, you can change somebody. When you bless others with your words, you'd have no idea what kind of effect that can have on that person. Not just in the moment, but forever. You can affect their life forever. We want to confuse people with love and say, why? Why would you respond that way? Now, the hard thing is, is we are imperfect people and we still have a selfishness rooted inside of us. That's why if we increase our affection for Jesus and we try and become more and more like Christ, how Doug walked us through Matthew 5, blessed are the merciful, forgiving. Blessed are those who are meek. Okay, if we become more and more like Christ, then we will bless 
others. Not only will we be blessed, but we will be blessing others because we'll have a love for others just like Jesus did. Jesus came to this earth and he didn't judge, 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 judge. No, he loved, 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 loved. He loved continually. He was treated poorly and his response was love. We become more and more like Christ when we are treated poorly, when we, are treat, when we go through hard times and we are affected by others, we'll increase our affection for other people with love because of our love for Christ. Use your God-given tongue to encourage others, to bless others. Luke 6, 27 through 28 says this, But I say to you, love your enemies, Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Bless those who curse you. That sounds like it's in the moment. The moment they curse you, the moment they say something against you, the moment they treat you a certain way, bless them. Speak highly of them. Speak highly does not mean, man, you are so good at being a jerk. No, that's not what we're saying. (laughs) Speak highly of them with love. Confuse them of why you would react that way. Might require a little bit of patience. Might require a little bit of biting your tongue. But as you seek Jesus more and more, and you seek to become more and more like him every single day, Day, you're going to start seeing your relationships change and be impacted by it. You're going to start seeing your relationships become more and more like Jesus loving others. People will see in you Jesus rather than your own identity. They're going to see love, 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 and not judgment, judgment, judgment. But it all comes down to blessing others. I, uh, I was involved with uh, a church when I was in college. I started leading worship for the church. It was the first church I ever led worship um, for the congregation. I was 20. And, uh, and I remember this lady came up to me after my first, uh, first day of leading worship. And uh, I was excited, you know, 20-year-old all right, just let worship. I thought it went great. Band executed well. This was awesome. I was really in it, whatever. Um, And this lady came up to me, and she just had this, like, mean look on her face. And I was like, oh, man, she needs Jesus. Here we go. And uh, and she came up to me, and she, she, uh, she goes, worship was a shame. You did not play enough hymns. And I go, shut your, no, I didn't say that. I wanted to say that. I wanted to. But I didn't say anything. I just stood there and she walked off and I was just like, man, that stuck with me. It's eight years later and I still remember it like it was yesterday. But man, like I worked so hard with the team, rehearsal. I worked hard at creating these chord charts and arranging this music and, and taking our team through so everyone was on the same page and transitions and and then leading it and not getting nervous, which I was, and, and trying to memorize these lyrics. I worked so hard, and I felt like, God, you just, you took over. This was awesome. Thank you, Lord. The band did great. And then I get this criticism, and it just made me feel like such a failure. I mean, I, I truly, in that moment, I was like, 
ooh, maybe this isn't for me. Because of her critique on me, I felt like if it wasn't a failure, I failed her when it came to engaging her in worship with the Lord through music. Words have power. You can choose to bless others or you can choose to judge and critique others. Either way, those words you choose to say have so much power. Craig Grishel, he says this, you have no idea whatsoever how a single word of criticism can pierce someone's soul and stick with them for years and years. And on the other side, you have no idea how God can use a single word of encouragement to build someone up, to give them the faith to go on. Your words have power. That just happened. Looks like we need to get a new music stand in the budget. Sorry, that was super distracting. Give me some grace here. Hey, thank you. Okay. So this week, today, after we leave, and we go to lunch, and we're around friends, and we're around family. I'm just putting this over here, all right? We're just going to leave it as it is. This week, as we meet with friends, family, we go to lunch right after this, think about the things you say. Because a lot of times we don't do that. A lot of times we just say what we want to say, whatever comes to our mind. Think about the things we say. How can you bless others with words of encouragement? How can you bless others? others with praise, speaking highly, saying good things to them, building another person up, even though you can't stand them, even though you may not get along with them, building them up because you have a love for Jesus and you're increasing your affections for him, so you want to increase your affections for others. You want to love others because Christ loves others. How can you, what words can you choose differently to build that person up, to encourage them? What words can you choose differently with your spouse? Stop nudging your spouse. (laughs) What words could you choose differently with your spouse? How can you encourage them? Are they a mom or dad? How can you encourage them as being a mother or a father? Do you have kids? Do your kids feel blessed by you? With the words you choose, that's hard, all right? I got two boys, three and almost two. It's a lot of times where I have not blessed my boys, all right? I'm just being a little transparent. But how can we? How can we respond to them and let them know? I, there's, there's few times I do it when I remember, and I want to do it all the time, but I'll lay Griffin down in bed, and, uh, and I'll pray with him. And then there's times where I'll just say, Griffin, you are good boy. You're very kind. You're very loving. And you should see his face. Like he just, he does one of these. He goes, and he just like the covers up right here. And like, he's just excited to hear that. And I don't, I don't think about doing that often, but I need to because it affects him. Those things at a three-year-old age can change the way he interacts with people. It can have an effect on him long-term. I don't know how that works, but man, the, the way we build people up Our words have so much power. How can we bless 
others? How can we bless our families? How can we, how can we bless our coworkers? And then finally, how can you bless the Lord this week? How can you just, what, what words can you choose next time when you sit around the dinner table and pray? And you say a blessing over the food. What words can you choose that really bless the Lord, that speak highly of who he is? How can you, in your maybe private time with God, your quiet time, how can you just maybe take a moment of that and say, I'm just going to focus all about you, not me? Because a lot of times when I talk to God and I communicate to God, I'm saying, God, here's what I'm going through. I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, fix this, fix that, you know. It's all about me. What if I just took the time and I stopped and I said, God, you are great. God, you are merciful, you are compassionate. You are the almighty, only God. You are creator of all. There's so much magnitude when it comes to God, so there's so much you can say to bless the Lord. What if we took time and just focused on blessing God? And then like David, how can you bless the Lord in public? How can you praise God so everyone else can see that and hear that and not be directed towards you but be directed towards him? we want to do we want to point people to jesus when you walk through these doors our whole goal is to point you to jesus not us it ain't about us it's all about him we want to point people to jesus how can we do that i want to invite you tonight to uh, a very special night we have around thanksgiving time it's our worship connect night uh connect night thanksgiving worship uh, it's at 6 30 we're going to just have a time where we're going to bless the Lord. We're going to praise him through worship, through music. We're going to praise him through prayer. And then we're going to eat some great pie, all right? So it's a win-win for everybody. I want you to come tonight, 630, and spend time just communicating with God. Bless the Lord. We're going to use the room however we want to use the room, however you want to use the room. You don't have to say a word, but as long as, as, long as you, you, you come and you just bless the Lord, make your heart Bless the Lord. Get into a place where you can remove all distractions and bless the Lord. We'll have child care. Uh, we'll have birth through pre-K, I believe. Um, don't, you know, don't quote me on that, but I believe that's it. Um, and just come tonight and then enjoy some fellowship afterwards as we, we have some dessert. I'd love to see you then. Let's all stand together and pray. Father, you are good at all times even when my mind tries to tell me otherwise. God, you are gracious towards me. You are very compassionate towards me. And that's nothing I've, I've deserved or earned. You are such a good, good Lord. Thank you for loving us so much that you're willing to give your son for us. God, all, all praise goes to you. All glory and honor goes to you for you are so worthy of praise. Thank you for being a loving creator, not just a creator who creates and stands from a distance, but one who is, is intimate and with us and wants a relationship with us. God, you are good. Always remind us of that. Give us a heart and a mind that's set on that. God, give us a heart and a mind that's set on loving others like you do. 
God, you've given us this tongue. I, I pray that you, you help us when it comes to using it for your glory. We love you, Lord. You're so worthy of praise. In Christ's name I pray, amen. We'll see you tonight, 6.30.